Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Thank you everyone for joining us again today. Today I have Emmy Tafelski, which I love your name because it's almost like Amy. <laughs> so Emmy. Um, and we actually just met kind of, you know, through a group that we are both um, a part of on Facebook, good old social media. Um, and it's wonderful because then we get to experience all of their knowledge. So I'm super thankful that you're here with us today. And I'm just going to let you take it away. She is, um, she is a licensed uh, family and marriage counselor, therapist, and sex therapist. Um, so we are going to talk all about what, you know, her experience and how you help people. Great. Um, thanks so much, Amy. It's really a pleasure to be here. And um, it's, it's such a great thing to connect with like-minded people on um, Facebook who are doing good work in the world. And so uh, we can spread the message of um, authenticity and wholeness to more people. And that's my joy. So um, thank you. Yeah. And as Amy said, I'm Amy Tafelski and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and a sex therapist in the state of Florida. Uh, and I am the founder and CEO of Me Therapy, which is a therapy practice dedicated to helping you rediscover all of who you were meant to be after the world knocks you down. Um, our, we are built on the pillars of authenticity, acceptance, wholeness, and love. And so we really, um, we really work to help people uncover their brilliance, which I think whether we're talking about trauma or messages as that you received as a child, there are various ways that we, that our true being gets covered over, tarnished, um, cut off, set aside ways that we're not accepted, that um, we put in a box because it's not societally accepted. And um, I help people, we help people, our practice helps people uh, recover all of those amazing parts and go through life more whole and be in relationship from a more whole, soulful perspective. A lot of the work we do has to do with sexual trauma and um, crappy sexual messages that people got as children. And uh, I think sexuality, who you are sexually, is a giant part of authenticity. And so we, again, help people recover those parts and live more whole. Yeah, that's amazing. And this, and again, it's just, it's, just not something that we talk about very much or we talk about it in very closed circles 
So, you know, these are the types of topics that I would like to see, you know, be talked about mainstream, you know, let's talk about that just as much as we're talking about, you know, the latest craze, the latest fad. Um, let's talk about something that's actually going to help someone heal. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I often, often the first thing people say to me is that they have trouble talking about sex, even with their partners. Um, That while we see half naked people on posters and we see sex portrayed kind of all around us, it's still somehow a taboo topic and feels really uncomfortable and shameful to talk about. And even with the the people who are the most important to us and the closest people in our lives, our relationship partners, um, people have a lot of struggle with that. Yeah. I say all the time that I find it so ironic that we can, we can do all these acts, these physical acts with our partner, but we can't talk about doing those same physical acts. Yeah. And it's, it's just so interesting to me. And I think that, um, I mean, certainly messages, you know, that I got and, you know, how that's shifting now as I'm, I'm 40 and, you know, I'm seeking something, you know, much more deeper and much more connected and everything else is just like rush, 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 rush to get to the end, to get to like you finish. And then, oh, and I'm like, but I want like all of that other before stuff. I want that deep connection, you know, like it's so much more about the journey and you can, you don't get that. You certainly don't get that message at, you know, 20 and 30. You kind of have to figure it out on your own. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, we often, <laughs> excuse me, particularly women get the message that, um, well, I think everyone gets the message that it's about the end game. It's about the orgasm and then that's the end. But um, I, we are more about talking about sexuality from a pleasure perspective and I think just as a culture we don't get that message that this is a this is about the whole journey of what brings you pleasure what feels good not hey what can we do to get to orgasm because those are not necessarily the same thing um in some ways they overlap but but really you know how can we start from how can we increase pleasure and sensual pleasure in like throughout life so that foreplay happens all the time and and you're you know you're you're it's not about oh i have 15 minutes today let's go do the sex and have the orgasm and move on which perpetuates sort of this idea that everyone's supposed to have an orgasm and if you're not having an orgasm you're there's something wrong with you or you're doing it wrong or whatever we can broaden things significantly to allow ourselves pleasure like right it's it's kind of simple and complicated at the same time (laughs) right well and i always share this story that um i had an interesting conversation with a guy friend of mine and we were talking about like different fantasies and if they'd been fulfilled if we really actually want them to be fulfilled blah 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 and the differences in how we described our fantasies is like theirs is i mean his was like like this intense like total you know porn stuff you know just like well you know and i'm like well that's exciting and that's fine if that's what you and your partner want to do but like all of my stuff included time and he said what do you mean time and i said 
you know, I don't think of like doing all these crazy, insane things. I think of sharing a day with my partner and having, yeah, like foreplay all day, you know, like grabbing a butt here and there or kissing, you know, kissing yeah. in the car or just like being playful and close and intimate while you're doing your errands. And then like, you know, come home for lunch or come home for dinner and like the explosion happens. But yeah. all of my fantasies include time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big commodity that we don't have um, or we don't, if we think of sex as a chore, we don't give it that time that would be super helpful. We, we think of it as a thing that, oh, I can squeeze in 15 minutes versus what you're talking about is um, like such expansion and love and intimacy, right? There's more intimacy than um, intercourse, right? Like that, that right. maybe five minutes or six minutes or 20 minutes of your time that you're talking about. And I right. still love that you included playfulness because I think mm -hmm. that's another, again, if we're thinking of sex as a chore or a thing on the to-do list, that's going to get the orgasm and, oh, I just need to check off the box. Right. We're not being playful. We're not exploring and being curious. And um, I, I mean, playfulness is a huge part of sexuality and can open so much. Right. Yeah. Which is definitely, you know, because I have, um, my kids are 10, 13, and 14. And it's so interesting because as, as you know, I'm talking to them about puberty, then I realize, oh crap, now I have to actually talk to them about relationships mm -hmm. and sex and how sex actually works because I was never told how it actually worked. I didn't know how it physically worked. <laughs> And, um, I mean, I was literally very, very sheltered and I didn't, no one really told me a lot. Yeah. And all my friends were pretty much growing up the same way. So yeah. they didn't, it's not like we talked about it amongst ourselves too much either. Um, so yeah, those are really difficult conversations to have. I mean, I shouldn't say there, it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I, you know, as a parent, you're like, am I saying this right? Yeah. You know, and I, and I think people will always reassure me and say the biggest thing is that it's you are making it okay to talk about. Yep. So that's the biggest thing is that you, they know that they can talk about those kinds of things and that it's not, you know, wrong or shameful. So, yeah, I agree. That is the biggest piece. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're creating space for them to ask questions and to know that it's okay to talk about it, yeah. which I, I agree is the most important thing yeah. because it, it, you don't have to say the right perfect thing, but to create a safe space for them to um, explore and be curious and um, come to you is a gift for them for sure. Cause I also didn't get that either. I think, and I think it's a super important gift. Right. Well, even talking about self-respect and consent mm -hmm. and what that actually looks like. And, you know, it's just, it's weird conversations to have with your children about, you know, masturbation or pleasure because it's completely normal, obviously, mm -hmm. but how do you talk to them about that? So, you know, again, I mean, I think I'll wait till they're a little bit older and give them a couple more years, that aspect. But I mean, you know, we definitely are very open about periods and 
you know, morning wood. And I mean, we talk about all those types of things because I don't ever want them to feel weird about themselves. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, I think we all feel weird about ourselves sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and also I, I so appreciate the way you're opening up space and, um, being sex positive and not shaming, right? I think I think a lot of a lot of us have a history with being shamed around whatever sexual thing we encountered. Mm -hmm. and so to open up space for them and to have these conversations in a non-shameful way is amazing. Allows them to grow up authentically who they are. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for the reassurance. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. So when you're working, do you, do you have like a really wide clientele or do you have a general, do you mostly work with women or people who identify as women or um, just a pretty wide variety? We work with everyone. Um, women are more likely to seek therapy services. Sure. Uh, there's a little, there's more of a stigma around men definitely seeking our help, which I frequently rack my brain to try to come up with um, ways to speak to those men because I think that we've all grown up in this sort of weird culture of not talking about sex and being shamed for our sexuality. And so I think, um, everyone could benefit from therapy, but the majority of our clientele is women. Um, not because we don't also serve men, but just because it's harder to. Sure. They're just not coming okay. in. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, and we work with couples and we see a lot of, um, couples with where one person wants sex more often than the other person. And so, um, yeah, that's the thing that we work a lot with. And I think we work a lot with everyone around pleasure. And mm -hmm. um, so many of us weren't even taught to pay attention to that or what that looks like. Right. So trying to um, help people figure that out, like give them permission to go home and figure that out and some, you know, tools and tricks to do that. Yeah, no, that's really great. Yeah, it's so important because again, we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So how are you just supposed to figure it out? You yep. know, unless you talk about it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we also work with a lot of sexual assault recovery. I think less because that's our, I don't know that we particularly market for sexual trauma. However, when people start to talk about sex, so many people have sexual trauma in their background. Um, right. we talk about it a lot. And yeah. um, it's to help people recover their injured parts that were injured in a sexual trauma and feel more alive and okay with their sexuality is one of the most beautiful parts of our work yeah because sexual 
sexual trauma has such a huge impact on the making of your sexuality. So being able to help people navigate that is an honor. Definitely, I feel the same way, for sure. And you know, I think um, I interviewed a woman who um, is an expert in conscious kink and BDSM. And when I, when I initially met her and I heard all of those letters, like my whole body immediately sucked in on itself. <laughs> like mm. it made me very uncomfortable. So I was like, okay, you need to learn more about this because it's clearly not what you're thinking. Just, you know, dive into it a little bit. And um, I mean, and this is not, this is not anything new, but I mean, when you have been, you know, assaulted, in you know some fashion i mean your safety and your trust is like gone so it's really hard to because i think you know we're, we're doing these acts physically but we're not in our body so it's easy to do that so you know women who have been assaulted maybe they don't feel safe but they're in a relationship and they obviously you know want to be there for their partner they just leave their body and they're not even there yep so i think um yeah that being, you know, healing and having those conversations. I mean, you don't have to do anything, but to be able to have the conversation about those things, um, it requires so much, you know, vulnerability and safety and trust. And when you have those elements with your partner, my goodness, like, then you can just, just enjoy it and just have the pleasure because you know that you're safe. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, I think you make a really good point is, is that um, people with sexual trauma in their past have a hard time staying embodied, like staying in their body when they're engaged in sexual activity or maybe even any activity, right? I, and, and maybe women, just women in general have a hard time staying embodied. Um, and so reconnecting those parts, making it safe in the body again, even with yourself, like even if you're not with a partner, but even coming back to your body right. for anything, just for putting lotion on after a shower or even being in the shower or even like your breath. Um, these are all important pieces to then be embodied when you're engaged in more sexual or sensual activities. Right. I mean, embodiment is a, is a huge piece. Yeah. So do you have any, um, do you have a specific um, technique or exercise that you could maybe share with us to, I mean, that you might walk a client through or a meditation or to help them with that? Yeah, some of, um, an easy basic one that I often start with is, well, I do a lot of breath work with clients and I also do a lot of moment to moment to being in the body when we're in the room. So um, that's really better to do in the, so what I, how I often start with clients is um, lotion after a shower and just really being present in your body. A lot of us up, you know, get out of the shower and apply lotion kind of mind, mindlessly, whatever, okay, I'm done, off I go. Um, but to do it, or even soaping in the shower, because I guess not everyone is as diligent with lotion as I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but even in the shower or whatever, to truly, truly be present if you have a soap and what that feels like 
on your arms, on your fingers, on your legs, like really just to come home to yourself in small ways like that, things you do all the time. Like it's a really good beginning to do them with presence in the body and really paying attention to like, oh, okay, I notice um, that the skin on my hand is really soft, but the skin on my arm is rougher and it has some hairs and um, just really being mindful and being present with the ways that you interact with your body. I think you can start super slow. Like you can start with just wa like washing a dish, right? And how the soap mm -hmm. feels on your hands, how the dish feels in your other hand, whatever that looks like. Because for some people, it's super hard to start <laughs> with the whole body. Um, right. Start just with your hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. The other thing too, I always remind people of is that when you are embodied, when you are aware of your body, then you know your body's norms. You know, if you're looking, if you're feeling, you know, that's why we do self-rest exams. That's why ladies, you know, and gentlemen, we should be looking, you know, we should be looking at, you know, all of our parts in the mirror and stuff because we have to know what our norm is because yeah. then we'll know if something is abnormal. And um, it's, it's really beautiful. I think that when we do those things, then we really gain um, a healthy respect for our bodies because I mean, there are some people who just, it's, it's just amazing to me how our bodies just keep us alive and keep us going. And some of us can abuse, you know, abuse drugs and alcohol for decades and, you know, somehow they're still alive. So um, we really, you know, what, whatever shape, you know, it is, we should really love it and have healthy respect that it's helped us get this far <laughs> yeah i agree i i i absolutely agree as someone with a long history of um not being so kind to my body that i've worked to heal over the last few years um i think it is when we can truly love all of our parts exactly as they are it's kind of a remarkable amazing thing yeah yeah. So what would you say, like, as far as working um, with people who've had sexual trauma? Um, I mean, obviously, I know that, you know, it's very individualized and some people, you know, take longer than others. Um, is there one thing that's like a bigger struggle than something else through the process? I would say um, safety and trust is the biggest is the biggest piece. I don't want to say a hurdle, but but um, right. feeling like you can trust yourself, right. feeling like you can trust your partner, mm -hmm. um, feeling that you're in a safe place, that you can show up exactly as you are, that you can um, say no if you need to say no, this isn't the right time. Being able to say no allows you to be able to say yes more easily. Right. Um, I would say that those are the those are the two biggest. I think um, from my own perspective, I think I look at trauma as a lot from um, sort of a shamanic worldview kind of thing and um, a, a spiritual worldview in that 
trauma kind of cuts off parts of the soul. And so um, to be able to, another big piece of working with trauma is to be able to go back and kind of collect those cut off parts that have been injured and heal them. And that's like the second biggest piece of doing yeah. trauma. And how do you do that? Because I've done soul retrieval through Reiki. Is, is, do you use that or do you use a different technique or is it just kind of intended through meditation and the course? Um, I do my own version of soul retrieval in, um, um, in session and it's really um, through imagery and visualization we kind of go go back to where the stuck part is yep. and soothe it and bring it forward into the present okay um i haven't been formally trained in shamanic soul retrieval sure but have done a lot of this work personally and a lot of um trainings in similar ways, energy, psychology, et cetera. And so um, I've kind of intuitively developed my own way of working with wholeness in a therapy room. Sure. Yeah. I think that we all do that. I think, you know, the, you know, you, you always just kind of take a technique or something that you've learned along the way and made it your own, whether you did the training or whether you went through it yourself. Yep. And really going through it yourself and experiencing it is, you know, the best teacher. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Um, which is part of why I, for our therapy practice, I think it's, it's vitally important that every therapist in our practice is engaged in their own healing work because that's part of what we bring to clients. Right, definitely. So do you work together with other types of practitioners? Sure. Um, well, currently we, we have relationships with pelvic floor physical therapists because there are sometimes things that need the physical healing in conjunction with the work that we do. Um, I am always open to working with other practitioners and having collaboration. And um, my goal is, is to promote authenticity and wholeness in the world. And so collaborating with other people to do that is, is a win-win. Right. No, I agree a hundred percent. You know, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, when you, you know, if you have a car and you're going, you don't go to the same place that you get your oil changed if you need your car painted right. or, or, you know, you're not going to go get your windshield fixed at, you know, whatever. I mean, at the tire place, you know, so you need to go to de several different practitioners because, you know, then you're going to get a more well-rounded healing. Yep. I know in my own healing journey, I see multiple practitioners at the same time, body, energy, spiritual, because mm -hmm. you need all the folks, all the support team. Right. That's exactly what it is. It takes a village, people, not just for kids. Yep. <laughs> it exactly. takes a village all your whole life. A hundred percent. It always takes a village. We, we deserve that support, all of us. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, kind of living in the tribal situation, that's how it is. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, a lot of, yeah, well, that's a, that's a different conversation. I was going to say, we're not really living correctly. You know, I mean, we're not meant to be living in, you know, 
high rises and on top of each other and like ants and all that stuff. But that's that's another topic. <laughs> yes, I, I agree on both counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where exactly in Florida are you located? Uh, we are in St. Petersburg. Um, okay. It's like the central west coast. Yeah. Um, and although we can therapize people all over the state of Florida virtually. Right. So can you only work with people from Florida? We can only do therapy with people from Florida. Because that's um, where you're licensed? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and do you, um, are you a Reiki practitioner? I forget if we had talked about that before. I am not. I've trained in energy psychology, but um, not Reiki. So um, could you just explain a little bit about energy psychology? Because I don't think that that's a term many people have heard. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it works with the... Um, so I think possibly people have heard more about tapping, like where you yes. kind of the stuff and um, that's a branch of energy psychology. And okay. it is, though that's kind of what I've been trained in, that's not really what I do because I don't, um, that doesn't really even just fit into who I am as a practitioner. Sure. So, um, but it's working with the energy body, with the chakras, with um, energy balance. And um, sometimes uses tapping, sometimes uses uh, muscle testing, which is which you may or may not be familiar with. I, I know what that is, yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know how many people in the audience know what that is. Oh, so that would be um, asking the body certain questions and the body having um, a different reaction to yeses versus noes. So if you put your arm out and you said, my name is Emmy, and you could press down my arm, it would probably not go down. But if I said, my name is Jane, my arm would go down because my body knows that that's not true. So. Gotcha. Yep. And I, I mean, I've had a ton and it was, it was really, it was really enlightening and very, yeah, I was kind of blown away <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's kind of amazing. Um, so energy psychology works with implicit messages that are implicit in the body that we don't even know right. we believe. And so it helps to kind of root them out and move them along. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of my synopsis. That's why this is important. That's why it's important to pay attention to your body because your body literally will tell you what you need. Yep. You know, I mean, if you've ever have a craving and you're not thinking because you're thinking about all the other stuff that you're doing or that you have to do yeah. and you just grab some chips and you're like, oh, that didn't do it. I want something sweet. So you grab some cookies and you're like, oh, that didn't do it. And pretty soon you've eaten four or five different things and yeah. you're not satisfied but you're, you know, you've overeaten because you're not paying attention. If you just stop, take a breath and just say, what does my body want? It will literally tell you, mm -hmm. you know, and if you want something sweet, then perhaps you can choose something like fruit. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm trying to tell myself right now. Sometimes you just need a cookie. Sometimes you just <laughs> need a cookie. <laughs>
yeah balance right it's all about balance for sure so um with a counselor in the past i have done emdr mm -hmm. is that a form of energy psychology or no because i know it has to do with eye movement but i don't think it's considered a form of energy psychology um emotional freedom techniques is which is the tapping thing right um and then there are, I mean, different types of soul retrieval or working with frequencies or vibration, like energy psychology is kind of a big umbrella for sure. working with energy in the therapy room. Um, I do it intuitively and I um, pay a lot of attention to how I feel in the room, how the energy feels in the room. Like I, I work really hard to stay in tune with my client and um, reading them and reading the energy is a lot of what helps us to move forward because I'm right. not just listening to their words, right? I'm listening and paying attention to everything that's going on. Sure. Yeah. I just found a DVD that I have of tapping that I forgot that I had. So I think I'm going to pop that in after this interview and just watch it. Again. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And that's what's so great. There's so many different things out there that you can really tap into to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely sure. a well-rounded approach is always the best. So yep. you got a few different people. Yep. I agree. So, um, have you experienced, um, have you ex had any experience with your clients experiencing, you know, like huge breakthroughs, like maybe something, you know, like before your therapy, maybe they couldn't have children after therapy they could, or maybe there was like an incontinence issue that was resolved or a pain issue that was resolved kind of energetically or through the talk therapy that they didn't have before? No. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to say yes. I, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I haven't really have like big breakthroughs and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think our breakthroughs are more subtle, right? Like really people yeah. being able to talk to their partners, being able to explore with their partners, um, what healthy, healthy and pleasurable sexuality is for them and right. um, healing, you know, sexual trauma so that and and other trauma so that people really can just be less anxious and less right. overwhelmed and less depressed and just more themselves yeah so, like to me i see you know i see a progression of of how people become fully who they are meant to be and right uh, it's not a giant boom but it's yep well, and it's a huge shift. It's just, it's just gradual. Yeah. And some of the things maybe they don't even recognize, or maybe, you know, maybe they just haven't told you about it. You know, I mean, I don't think that, you know, I mean, people, you know, since it is, you know, a lot of sex related, they might not call you up, but maybe they probably do. I would totally be the person to call myself up and say, I had the best orgasm of my life last night. <laughs> you know, I don't know if many people would do that. But uh, yeah, so maybe there are huge breakthroughs that you're just not hearing about. <laughs> yeah, no one has called me and said that, but that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do that. 
Gotta let you know your stuff's working, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like to hear success stories. We don't get them very often. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I think that's just it's such such important work because, um, you know, I know like people in my mom's generation. You know, she's in her mid sixties, and I've just seen so much. And, and I know it's older, two generations in my generation, whatever. It's just like, that's my experience. That's where my experience is. Um, there's just so much sadness around this because there, you know, there was assaults that you just could never talk about or, you know, really crappy relationships that you could just, I mean, you said the vows, you had to say, you know, kind of things. And um, yeah, I see a lot of, pain and um, a lot of discomfort when it comes to talking really about anything sexual, yeah. you know? Yeah. I yeah. even had a conversation with my mom and I said, can we just have a real conversation about menopause? Because <laughs> I said, I know it was hell for you. And I know that being 40, you know, it's really, we'll be here before I know it. So Give me some tips. And I mean, she, well, you know, it was not a good experience for her. So she didn't really have a lot of great tips, but I could tell she was uncomfortable just talking about that. Yeah. 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 I think um, menopause in itself has been seen as a shame, as a, as like the end of, it's like your end of life. Right. Um, where really it's like a coming into a different kind of power. And I think, you know, if more of us can can see it that way um and move with it rather than um like thinking of it as such a horrible thing and creating a giant story about um the awfulness and i don't want to get older like we have in our culture such a thing about aging and what it means and um i'm 45 so i'm i'm like in the midst of perimenopause mm -hmm. and i'm i'm thinking of it in terms of like this is a new stage of the power of being a woman right and it's not an ending it's just it's a different beginning or a different process or whatever and oftentimes in a lot of indigenous cultures you know because men only go through one change but women go through two Mm -hmm. And in several indigenous cultures, you know, they're revered for that. And then they become the wise ones. They become the cronies, yeah. you know, because they've, you know, kind of, they've been through a lot. They can help you through a lot and yeah, they're respected and that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we can work to bring it back. Oh, absolutely. We are. I mean, I've, there's, you know, there's, it's kind of, you can see both sides, you know, you can kind of totally see it shifting and then you can also see the discomfort of it shifting. So people are kind of clinging to the old at the same time. Um, but it's definitely, definitely is shifting because yeah. that's the thing. Like just enjoy your life. I mean, my goodness, if we're so consumed and worried about all like the shoulds of other people and they're not even living your life, they're not living in your body. My goodness, just worry about yourself. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I do a lot of work with people on not shutting on themselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good term. You shouldn't shut on yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Which always gets a laugh yes, and it helps always. them remember. Right. Yep. Definitely. 
So um, how many people are in your practice? We have four clinicians, including myself, and um, a wonderful client care coordinator who, when people call us up, directs you to the clinician who's the best fit. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. You guys can help so many people. And actually, it's probably kind of nice to be able to treat people online. You can treat people from further away, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 We can treat people in all over the state of Florida now that we're currently virtual because of COVID. Um, sure. It opens us up to being able to help more people, which is not, telehealth was not the direction I was ever planning to go. So, <laughs> you know, we pivot. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes things just show up. They show up. They show up in a way we weren't expecting. So yeah, exactly. Open to all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So how can people, well, how can people find you? Or, I mean, I know I actually have both friends and family in Florida. So I'm sure that even if you're not in Florida, maybe you know someone from there, how can they find you? Yeah. So um, our website is me-therapy.com. And you can, we have a Facebook, which is Me Therapy St. Pete, and Instagram, which is also Me Therapy St. Pete. And you can um, reach us via email at hello at me-therapy.com. And I think all of this information is going to be in the show notes. Yep. So um, you can find us that way too. Yep. It always is, but I like to let people get the shout out too, because you know, you know that there are going to be people who don't read the show notes. <laughs> yes. So yes. I want them to get the information. <laughs> yes. So me-therapy.com. Come find us. Awesome. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Um, I think basically the, the message that I get asked the most is, am I normal? And so I just want to tell the audience that wherever you find pleasure, as long as it's safe and consensual is you are all right you are normal you are welcome just how you are it's okay to be you right thank you so important yes well thank you for being with us today and sharing all of your knowledge i appreciate it you are welcome thank you so much for having me i very much appreciate it and um yeah it's an honor to be here well thank you Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.